Hour number three of the morning after. As we like to say, even on a Monday morning, it's happy hour. We have a great slew of guests for you in this third and final hour here on TMA. Coming up next, it is pro football doc, Dr. David Chow on MRI Monday to look back on Sunday's slate. Some pretty impactful injuries, specifically at the QB position. What it looks like as they move forward in the recovery process in the rest of this NFL season. Then Tom Vecchio from FanDuel joins us to give the prop perspective for Monday Night Football tonight between the Raiders and the Chargers. And speaking of those Raiders in Las Vegas, coming to us from Las Vegas, although it's always nighttime in Pittsburgh, it's former odds maker in our sportsbook conciliary, Dave Sherapan, to take a look at the NFL Sunday season and then also take a look at Monday Night Football and where the value is on the board tonight. But first, it was the end of the Major League Baseball regular season yesterday, and it was huge across the board. And this is our West Coast wake-up, so we focus on the two teams that battled all year long in the National League West. And it came down to game number 162 to decide who would claim the National League West crown, and that would be the San Francisco Giants, thanks to a series and season finale win over the San Diego Padres. So the Giants finish with 107 wins. They are the top team in the National League, the winners of the National League West division. The Dodgers gave the Giants everything that they could possibly handle. The Giants won 107 games. The Dodgers won 106 games and still finished one game back in the National League West. So it will be the Dodgers who won seven straight to end off the year, sweeping their final two series of the season in the National League wildcard game against the St. Louis Cardinals. You look at that line right now. The Dodgers, minus 230 as the home favorites in L.A. against the Cardinals, who are plus 190. Of course, St. Louis went on an 18-game winning streak earlier in this month of September to clinch that second and final NL wildcard spot. But the difference between the Dodgers and the Cardinals entering Wednesday night's game in the National League wildcard, 16 games separates these two teams in the National League wildcard standings. The matchup for this game on the mound between St. Louis and Los Angeles. For the cards, it's Uncle Chuck himself, Uncle Charlie, Adam Wainwright, at the tender age of 40 years old. He's 17-7 and seven this year with a 3.05 ERA. He won his only start against the Dodgers back in early September, September 8th. He threw eight and a third, four earned runs on seven hits allowed, four strikeouts. St. Louis narrowly winning that game over L.A. 5-4. to four. Part of that 18-game winning streak for the St. Louis Cardinals in the month of September. On the other side for the Dodgers, it's Max Scherzer who has been fantastic in his time in Los Angeles in a Dodger uniform since being acquired by the Dodgers at the trade deadline from Washington. The Dodgers are a perfect 11-0 in all 11 games that Max Scherzer has started for Los Angeles so far this year. You can look at Scherzer's record itself, 7-0 with a 1-9-2 ERA in his time in a Dodgers uniform. It is the reason Max Scherzer most likely will be the National League Cy Young winner. So that is the pitching matchup. Adam Wainwright versus Max Scherzer. Wednesday night in the City of Angels inside Dodger Stadium for that National League wild card game. 16 games the difference between that top NL wild card team, the Dodgers who have home field advantage, and the St. Louis Cardinals who are the second and final National League wild card team. By the way, one final note on the Dodgers as we are on Spectrum Sportsnet Los Angeles. Shout out to all you guys back there in the City of Angels, the home of Dodger baseball, as we welcome in also our Sports Grid Radio audience here, Sirius XM Channel 204, the mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. We are talking about the National League wild card game and putting into perspective 
what L.A. did this year. Like I mentioned, they won seven straight games to end out the regular season. Seven straight wins to get to 106 wins on this Major League Baseball season. They are the first team since at least 1990 that had a preseason win total of 100 games or more and go over that team win total. The Dodgers team win total around the market was about 101.5, 102.5. The Dodgers with 106 wins over that number and still have to play in a one-game scenario, a winner-take-all matchup against the St. Louis Cardinals in the National League wildcard game. So the Dodgers, the heavy favorites at minus 230 for that matchup against the Cards. You then correlate that to the National League pennant odds right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Dodgers are the favorites at plus 200. I smile when I say that because it's still a very funny thing to me that the favorites to win the National League pennant are also in the National League wildcard game and could be bounced with one loss on a random Wednesday night in a very random sport that is Major League Baseball against the St. Louis Cardinals. But it's the Dodgers at plus 200, the Giants at plus 250, the Milwaukee Brewers at plus 350, the Braves at 5-1, to one, the Cardinals at 12-1. to one. Now, St. Louis odds, the longest of any team right now to win their respective league. The Cardinals are 25-1 to one to win the World Series. Those are the longest odds out of all 10 teams that are a part of playoff baseball. You look at the, or you look at the Braves, rather, and the Brewers, they will match up in one of the National League DS series. The Braves right now, the underdogs in that series number, plus 116. The Brewers at home in Milwaukee, minus 136. The Giants, who are plus 250 to win the National League pennant, will get the winner, of course, of the National League wildcard game. What a series it would be between the two bitter foes in the National League West, the divisional rivals between the San Francisco Giants and the LA Dodgers up in the Bay where the Giants would have home field advantage in that National League Division Series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. So that is what we have for the National League playoff picture. All five teams have been decided. The regular season is done. Playoff baseball is on the horizon. The American League wildcard game between the Yankees and the Red Sox tomorrow on Tuesday. The National League wildcard game between the Cardinals and Dodgers on Wednesday. Pro football doc Dr. David Chow joins us next right here on The Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back here on the morning after you're listening on Sirius XM channel 204. I'm your host, Ben Stevens, and joined right now by one of the best in the business. It is pro football doc, Dr. David Chow, to look back on some pretty impactful injuries from this past Sunday across the National Football League. You can find him here all over the grid or, of course, on profootballdoc.com. Dr. David Chow, pleasure to have you here on a Monday morning. Thanks, Ben. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It was a great NFL Sunday, a great witching hour of the early slate, a great Sunday night football game in Tom's return to Foxborough between the Patriots and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Also, a former Patriot now playing in San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo, not such a great Sunday for him or the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo going out of that game against the Seattle Seahawks, 
Some reports after the game from Jimmy G himself saying it felt like a calf injury, did not think it was an Achilles tear, but will have an MRI, MRI today on this Monday. Dr. David Chow, what did you make of this injury to Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, a lot to say about Jimmy G, but one sidebar, Ben, on that Tampa and the Patriots game. Did you love that field goal for 56 yards in the rain, Nick Folk, with almost a minute left? I mean, I would think you have to go for the first down. That, at best, is a 50-50 field goal, and then you give Tom a minute to come down to get his own field goal. That's probably 50-50 that he gets that, so you're a 75% loss right there. It surprised me because Belichick's the best at situational football, so there may be something we don't know there, but I didn't love that call. But then again, you don't have me on for my football expertise, so uh, in terms of injury. Yes, we do, Dr. David Chow. Dr. Chow, by the way, how were your picks yesterday? Because you have been on fire so far this season. Uh, uh, four and three overall, some tough luck picks. But, you know, it, yeah, it is what it is. The, the, my most upsetting yeah. thing is I picked a stinker this week, Miami. Mm. I mean, that's yeah. the first one all season that had no shot, right? I mean, you know, you want to pick right. some that are easy, and then you'll take some coin flips. That was the first one that was a stinker for me. So, you know, it is what it is, uh, et cetera. Jimmy G, though, look, some potentially good news. I went back and looked at the video and everything. It's definitely not an Achilles. And I'm not even sure it's a calf strain. I think it's more calf contusion. If you go look at the video, first series, he plays very well. He's pretty mobile. And then late in that series, he starts to limp a little bit. And it gradually gets worse. If you look at his last two series, he's not even stepping into the ball and he's running flat-footed. And it makes sense that after halftime, it tightens up even more. A strain would be he would know when it happened, the instant that it happened, and it would be bad when it first happened and maybe get a little worse. Here it seemed like he was okay and he slowly crescendoed up. Kyle Shanahan said he got stepped on. Jimmy G says he might have gotten stepped on. That fits. So if that's the case... I think the 49ers will have potential options of Jimmy G versus Trey Lance, unlike the Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton situation where there was no option. You had to go with Justin Fields. So fingers crossed there that there is some optimism. So, Dr. Chow, if it is good news for Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers today, how quickly do you think Jimmy G can be back on the field for San Francisco? It's not impossible for him to play week uh, this coming week, week five. Not impossible, mm. if that's the case. Okay. So we'll have to see how it works out. But at this point, I would say it's very unlikely that he will go on injured reserve and not impossible to play week five. Trey Lance yesterday in fill-in duty, by the way, the rookie quarterback for the Niners. 9 of 18, 157 yards through the air, and two passing scores as well. It was a Sunday that had some pretty impactful injuries from a quarterback perspective. Also for the Denver Broncos, who suffered their first loss of the season yesterday and could be a potential loss of their quarterback for some time. And Teddy Bridgewater knocked out of that game against the Ravens, was diagnosed with a concussion. Dr. Chow, what do we know about Teddy Bridgewater's situation at the moment? Final play of the first half for him, third down play, takes the helmet right to the face mask. No flag, technically. I mean, it wasn't an illegal hit in terms of timing, but you're not supposed to be able to contact the head on the quarterback, and the face mask counts. And a pretty violent blow, so it didn't surprise me that he didn't return. Of course, you cannot predict concussions. They're like snowflakes. No two are the same. But statistically, 
half or a little over half missed at least the first week or the next week back. So we'll have to see where that ends up for Teddy Bridgewater. If it's not Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, who also came in in that second half against the Baltimore Ravens, they were neck and neck in a quarterback competition throughout training camp. On the other side of the ball, defensively yesterday for the Green Bay Packers, a pretty good showing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Packers winning 27 to 17, but also lost their star quarterback, cornerback, excuse me, in Jair Alexander. It seemed to be slight good news after the game, Dr. Chow. What do we know about Jair Alexander and his standing right now with the Packers? Yeah, Mike Garofalo saying AC joint injury, and that's good news. I had some worry for Stinger as well, the way he was holding his arm, but AC joint injury is good news. That is something that is possible to play through. He won't necessarily practice. You can do a pregame injection to try and play through. We'll have to see how sore it is, but I'm not expecting an injured reserve stint for Jair Alexander or a significant missed time. Another team in the NFC North getting a win yesterday, the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields looked good, looked crisp. He had the help of his stud running back in David Montgomery, who also had to exit that game against the Detroit Lions. An update just about an hour ago from Adam Schefter saying the Chicago Bears do not think that David Montgomery tore his ACL but will undergo further testing. What do you make of that situation in Chicago for David Montgomery? Well, hopefully Chicago fans will like me better with this news because I don't know that they like me about my Andy Dalton stuff, uh, et cetera. <laughs> but in any case, we agree. It's always great to agree with Adam Schefter, right? And no, we never mm -hmm. thought it was an ACL tear by video. It wasn't the best video in the world, but we put out in game that there was worry for an MCL sprain, non-surgical, not season ending, but likely to miss some time and an IR, a short-term IR stint is potentially on the table here, but don't really have any worry for season ender or ACL or anything like that. So it's good to hear that from uh, Adam Schefter that he's reporting that as well. Dr. Chow, that's quite confusing to me that you said Chicago Bears fans were mad at you about Andy Dalton. Everybody wanted Justin Fields to play. Why were they mad at you about the Andy Dalton updates? Well, you know, yeah, there's a lot of people that want it. We're happy about the news, but I think there are a lot of loyal Chicago fans that felt like I was calling out their team or Matt Nagy, who kept saying, Dalton's going to play. I'm going to try and play him. He's our number one guy. And I'm looking at the video of practice saying it's not going to happen. And, and, you know, you can, right. you know, look, I respect, I am not calling Coach Nagy a liar. I have the most respect for him. There's a method to his madness. It's coach speak. Every coach does it. But I'm just looking at the injury saying, there's no way Andy Dalton was playing in week four. Now, he may have a shot in week five, depending on how he progresses, which is a little quicker than I initially thought that he would come back. But of course, coaching decision comes into play and the, the whole deal. So yeah, I, I, you know, it, it's funny. Uh, Twitter and, and social media is a little bit like Yelp, right? I mean, you hear all the yeah. chirpers, but people that are happy with you you know you don't hear from as often as he'd like dr chow if you ever need a guy to yell at matt nagy on your behalf just come to me i do that all the time here on the morning <laughs> after i'm always bagging on matt nagy for what he is saying in press conferences only about 30 seconds left dr chow you are about to hit the road to head up to los angeles for monday night football between the chargers and the raiders do you have a pick for tonight 
Well, by by injury and health, they're pretty even. But Kenneth Murray with the late scratch is a little bit concerning. Mm. Josh Jacobs should go. So as my four-year-old daughter said, she woke up this morning. She was all excited. Said, we get to go to that game. I was like, what game is that? That game you always watch uh, at night at home. Well, I didn't break her heart that it wasn't the same game that we're going to, but she doesn't know. <laughs> it's a family affair uh, tonight, uh, a Monday night game. So it should be fun. And check out SoFi Stadium. Yeah, it would be great to be there in person. Hopefully a little bit more exciting than the last game we had in primetime, Sunday Night Football last night between the Bucks and the Pats. Dr. David Chow, ProFootballDoc.com. Thank you very much for your time. Tom Vecchio of FanDuel up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM Channel 204. I am Ben Stevens and joined now by FanDuel's Tom Vecchio, affectionately known on the morning after as the home run prop king, the anytime touchdown prop king, just the prop king and one of the smartest guys in the industry as well. Tom, a pleasure to have you here on this Monday morning to take a look at Monday Night Football between the Raiders and the Chargers. Thanks for having me. You know, it should be a good game. I'm certainly expecting a good amount of points. We've seen some good stuff from both offenses and both defenses. Uh, pretty crazy week we just came off of, but I'm ready to go. Anything that stood out to you, Tom Vecchio, from Sunday's games across the NFL? Uh, the lack of offense from the Titans, I think, was pretty apparent. Mm. The, uh, I would say somewhat maybe of the changing of the guard in San Francisco if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be out for an extended period of time uh, with Trey Lance taking his spot. Obviously a bit of a lackluster game on Sunday night, but overall I, I thought it was a really good weekend. Well, if you're looking for a prop takeaway from Sunday Night Football, by the way, Tom's return to Foxborough. Tom is averaging 46 passing attempts so far through the Bucks' first four games. I'm not sure what the passing attempt props are going to be on Tom Brady the next time the Buccaneers take the field, but I think you'd have to lean the over right now for Tom Brady. But let's focus back on Monday Night Football, an AFC West divisional showdown between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers tonight in L.A. at SoFi Stadium. The Chargers, a three-point home favorite. I keep doing the air quotes because really it's going to be a Raiders home game. The over-under total, 51.5. So, Tom, I think from an offensive perspective, really from a passing perspective, there are going to be a lot of areas for profitability in the prop market tonight on either side. Let's start in one of your areas of expertise, an anytime touchdown prop. Who are you targeting tonight and why? Tonight, that would be Darren Waller for the Raiders. Anytime touchdown, sitting at plus 125. Obviously, week one, you know, 19 targets, huge game against the Ravens. A little bit quiet since then in their two most recent games, but he still leads the team with 35 targets overall. That's a 26% market share for the Raiders. Obviously, huge. But more importantly, he leads the team with seven red zone targets, and that is what we want to see when they get down to two scoring areas. Who are they relying on? And it's Darren Waller. And actually, second would be Hunter Renfro, kind of that underneath play compared mm -hmm. to the over-the-top 
uh, rugs for the Raiders. So they kind of have it all. And, you know, Waller at, at plus 125 is certainly a spot spot that I, I would like to look. Uh, and if we're going to be seeing some scoring, as the over-under would indicate, indicate at 51 and a half, I think Waller is uh, kind of a player that they should be getting back into the offense after a few quiet weeks. I would kind of correlate that to Derek Carr's passing yards prop tonight. It's at 281 and a half. Derek Carr is averaging 401 passing yards per game. That is the most in the NFL so far this year. Derek Carr's passing attempts prop tonight is 35 and a half, and he has targeted Darren Waller 33 times. So, Tom, as you're doing your handicapping for any time TD prompts, is that how you start to correlate the market looking at the game trends overall and then the specific connection between quarterback and receiver? Yeah, it would be that would be definitely be part of it. I would also look at uh, you know the over under, what I'm personally expecting from the game, what type of game flow. I also look at uh, pace of play, total plays per game, all these sorts of things. Uh, where teams are defensively inefficient, uh, you know, for a running back like Jacobs, they don't always rely on him when they're inside the twenty or inside the five. Uh, sometimes we see give to a fullback or they're giving it to backup tight ends. So leaning more on teams' actual play calling tendencies to try and find. Uh, the best uh, advantage. Darren Waller, 33 targets after three weeks. That's tied for the second most in the NFL after three weeks of football. This game, of course, concludes week number four across the NFL. So passing should be at the forefront tonight, which means that receiving should also be on the good end of that. And one of my favorite props for tonight, Tom, is also one that you are looking at. Mike Williams in the over of his total receptions prop of six and a half. It's plus money to the over, which makes it even that much more, that much more juicy at plus 120. What was your handicap for Mike Williams tonight on Monday Night Football? Well, I'm going against Mike Williams in my most important fantasy league, so I actually don't want to see him do well. <laughs> but realistically, I have to put that aside. And, and what are we going to be seeing from the Chargers? And it's probably going to be a good amount of passing attempts. Like you said, the plus money uh, for the over six and a half receptions for Mike Williams. He comes in with eight, seven, and seven in the first three weeks. He has 33 total targets. And really for the Chargers passing game, it's Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and then whoever happens to be on the field, of course, Austin Eckler and you know, Jared Cook are going to get their looks, but it's really these two big receivers for the Chargers. Now, on paper, it's, uh, you know, technically it's a tough matchup for him. He should be lined up against Casey Hayward for the Raiders. Um, but even though the Raiders have been better on defense this year, that, that's very clear. Their defensive efficiency is certainly much better. If this game turns into a shootout and we're going to be seeing Herbert throw the ball 40, 45, 50 times, the overall volume will eventually take over ahead of the efficiency where a couple quick receptions later in the game, all of a sudden Mike Williams has eight receptions. He may not have a massive amount of yards because he's been held in check somewhat from Casey Hayward through the beginning part of the game, but the volume at the end of the game could really catch up and just be in favor of Mike Williams, who's off to a great start this year. Mike Williams receiving yards prop is up from when I saw it last night, still 77 and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Mike Williams has gone over that passing or receiving yards prop and total receptions prop in each of the Chargers' first three games this year. And again, compare the markets here, everybody, because you have Justin Herbert's passing attempts prop at 36 and a half and the over has the juice at minus 130. Justin Herbert has had at least 38 passing attempts in every game for LA this year, averaging 42 across the Chargers three contests so far this year. So looking at Justin Herbert and looking at his quarterback counterpart tonight in Derek Carr, there is a great match special for Monday night football tonight, Tom. What is it and how are you attacking it? 
The match special tonight is both quarterbacks to have 300, over 300 yards. And that is, I want to say, something that we can realistically see. And again, this is taking into account what we've seen from the quarterbacks, what we're expecting the game script to be, which is, I would say, certainly much more offense with a 51 and a half over under. We've seen Carr throw for 381 yards or more in all three games. Herbert, he was under 300 yards in their most recent game against Kansas City, but this is a player who we saw at the beginning portion this year, large portions of last year once he took over the starting job. He can throw for 300 yards. So if this game is turning into a shootout, over 300 yards for both quarterbacks, I would say, is very, very firmly on the table. It's not like we're dealing with a 12, you know, 10, 12, 14-point spread. It's a three-point spread with a 51.5 over-under. We're probably going to be seeing plenty of offense tonight. So both quarterbacks over 300 yards tonight as a nice match special. I love it. I think the volume dictates that as well. Again, Derek Carr's passing attempts prop, 35 and a half. Herbert's, 36 and a half. If they're throwing the ball a ton, it means they can rack up some yardage. Derek Carr, the leading passer after three weeks in the NFL, averaging over 400 yards per game. Justin Herbert, a top five passer in the NFL after three weeks. So, Tom, when you look at the rushing props tonight, Maybe Josh Jacobs is going to play. He is questionable as of right now, but they think he is going to be in action. Austin Eckler on the other side for the L.A. Chargers. Are we avoiding rushing yards props tonight because of what we think is going to be the game script and passing being at the forefront on Monday Night Football? I would look to avoid the rushing yards prop for Jacobs. Uh, this is a player that we know is their lead back, and he really should be there almost every down back for the Raiders. But he's a player that we don't frequently see push past 80, 90, 100 yards that often. He obviously can do it and has done it before. Eckler is a player that I would be hesitant to look at his rushing yards prop, depending on what it's sitting at. I'm, I'm assuming it's in the 60s or 70s. But this is more often a player that we see go for, you know, 12, 15-ish carries, 60, 70 yards, then also add another 50 or 60 yards in the year. So Eckler is something I'd be a little bit more safe with just because we know he's fully healthy and has the every down role for the Chargers compared to Jacobs, who is coming back from an injury. And again, we should see plenty of passing in for Carr, who's obviously been amazing to start the season. Josh Jacobs, his rushing yards prop not currently listed on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Again, questionable will be more of a game-time decision to see what he can do in pregame warm-ups. Austin Eckler's rushing yards prop, 56.5. Justin Herbert's rushing yards prop, by the way, 14.5. He has only gone over that number one time so far this year. So, Tom, we also refer to you as the home run prop king on this show. Major League Baseball's playoffs are about to start tomorrow night with the American League wildcard game. Do you think home run props or maybe even strikeout props are a smart play throughout postseason baseball? So home run props are, as I've said before, a little bit interesting in the postseason. You know, sometimes we see, you know, random players hit high and they hit two out of three, you know, home running out of two out of three games where, you know, if you told me tomorrow night, uh, I don't know, Gio or Shell hits a home run for the Yankees, like, he could certainly do that. It's obviously a very favorable hitting environment in Boston, but looking at the Yankees overall, you wouldn't consider him a top three option. It'd be Judge Stanton and Joey Gallo. So we have these sometimes random role players hitting a home run just because they're maybe overly confident. So I would actually look at the strikeout props for a lot of pitchers in the postseason. Uh, I don't think any of them list are listed right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, overall, I would say uh, out of the two games, I'm actually more confident in the under for the Dodgers and the Cardinals game. Obviously, great pitching staffs for both, great bullpens for both. 
Uh, I would look to the Scherzer strikeout prop, depending on what it's sitting at. If it's seven and a half, I have interest. If it's eight and a half, I do not. The Cardinals actually don't strike out a whole lot uh, versus right-handed pitching. Actually, very, very disciplined against righties. So the seven and a half, I think, is fine. Eight and a half would be a little bit too much. Yeah, what, sc- what scares me about K-props right now through postseason baseball is we saw it a little bit yesterday in game 162 for a lot of teams. They rotate through a lot of pitchers. The Red Sox using seven, even despite that, in seven outs for Chris Sale, he got seven strikeouts. FanDuel's Tom Vecchio giving you the prop perspective for Monday Night Football and also taking a look at Major League Baseball in the postseason. Tom, thank you so much. And coming up next here on the morning after, former odds maker himself, Dave Sherapan. It's nighttime in Pittsburgh. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back here on the morning after on SportsGrid Sirius XM channel 204. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. It is Monday night football out in Los Angeles. The Chargers and the Raiders right now, LA, a minus three point favorite. The Raiders, the underdog on the road, although it might feel like a home game at SoFi Stadium for Vegas tonight. The total in this game, 51 and a half. So let's break it down a little bit more. Go through some of the metrics we use to break down this football game tonight on Monday night between the Raiders and the Chargers. An AFC West showdown. And when you look at the total there, 51 and a half. Still a pretty lofty total by all things considered when it comes to the NFL. But it opened at 53. So down by one and a half points. The Raiders, two of their three games have hit to the over. The Chargers, surprisingly, despite their scoring offense and capabilities, All three games have hit to the under by an average of nine and a half points per game for the L.A. Chargers. So as of right now, also when you look at this game, there are two unbeaten teams left in the NFL. The Arizona Cardinals, who are a perfect 4-0 after a win over the Los Angeles Rams yesterday. And the Las Vegas Raiders, who are a perfect 3-0 entering tonight. Their unbeaten record on the line against the Chargers, who are 2-1. The Raiders 2-1 against the spread. The Chargers also 2-1 against the spread. The Raiders, however, covering by an average of over a touchdown in their three games. 7.7 is what they are covering over whatever the spread has been. A couple times as some underdogs winning outright on the money line. A perfect 3-0 this year and 2-1 against the spread. We're talking about two offenses that can be very good. Right now, the Raiders ranked in the top six, the sixth best scoring offense after three weeks of the NFL season, averaging 30 points per game. The Chargers, the seventh best scoring defense on the other side, limiting their opponents to only 20 points per game. So that's the stack that we have right now. And as we talked about with Tom Vecchio, as we've talked about with Mike Blewett throughout the duration of this show, you look at the total at 51 and a half. You have to think of how the script will work out for this game and why we might be able to get to a number of 51 and a half and why the book has set that number as such. Both offenses love to throw the football. So look at the passing attempts props first and foremost for Justin Herbert and for Derek Carr. For Justin Herbert, it's 36 and a half. The over has tremendous juice 
at minus 130. Derek Carr's passing attempts prop is 35 and a half. Again, we're expecting at least 36, 37 throws, something of the sort from each quarterback tonight. That is going to lead to offense. That is going to lead to passing yards. That could lead to explosive amounts of points. So you see the total at 51 and a half. Primetime games have hit to the over a decent amount so far this year. However, that being said, last night in primetime, the game went underwhelmingly under between the Bucks and the Patriots. 19 to 7 there. The Pats staying under their team total of 20 as well. Was one of my plays for bye, bye, bye. As we got to the Friday slate heading into Sunday, we will have bye, bye, bye on the other side of this break. Some wonderful props. I think you can find some edges for this game on Monday night football between the Chargers and the Raiders. We have also talked about the passing attempts prop, which leads us to our passing yards props. Derek Carr, 281 in the hook for the Las Vegas Raiders. He's the leading passer in the NFL after three weeks of football, 401 yards per game. He has thrown for over 1,200 passing yards in total already in three games so far this season. He has gone over this number of 281 and a half in every game so far by at least 100 yards in each game so far for the Raiders passing offense so far. Justin Herbert, he is at 295 and a half up by three yards from where that passing yards prop is when I saw it yesterday. It was 292 and a half, now 295 and a half. And I'm getting word in my ear from our wonderful producer, Alex Fasano, that we have a very special guest appearance right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook or on the morning after from everybody here at the Sports Grid Network. It is my pleasure to end out this show the early after on the morning after as we welcome in Kevin Walsh live from the pit of misery here at our Midtown Manhattan studio, Studio 34. Kevin, are you there? Mm. Brother, am I ever. I mean, they heard this guy, BSS, going on left and right. Chargers takes, Raiders takes. They go, go to the bullpen, get that guy a breather. If he talks about a Herbert oh. prop for another second, he might just tap. I mean, what a delightful setup here. I like that you said I was on the FanDuel Sportsbook. You can bet a prop, yeah. you know what I mean, on old KW to bring the electricity. The yes, minus right. a 1,000. I'm just jazzed up to yeah. be here, Ben. I mean, let me tell you something. This is a nice little ditty we got going on here. You know I love myself some, some morning after. But do I love anything more than yeah. the early after? Not anything more. So I'm here. What's up? I mean, there's nothing better in the world than the early after. And on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the way that I set you up, a guest appearance today on the early after was probably at 0.5. And the fact that we have hit the yes and the over of that, probably with plus money, baffles the mind. Sportsbook everywhere are having a tough time rectifying that thought in their head, K-Dubs. But let's talk about tonight's Monday night football game. I was going on and on about passing yards props, as you said. My brain almost oozing from my ears. I was speaking so much. Do you have a strong feel about this game between the Chargers and the Raiders, either a side, a total, or a prop perspective for Monday night football tonight? Let's talk a little total here. So a lot of people praised Sunday night football, Bucks pats What a game. Not enough people clearly bet the over if that is their takeaway from that game. It was a nightmare game. The over was dead start to finish, and I believed in it start to finish. Antonio Brown catches that touchdown. Bucks go for two. It's 24-17, and all we need is the Pats yeah. to tie it up, 24-24, and there's life, more life than you could imagine. Nevertheless, that game goes under. Certainly doesn't help. 
Another primetime under? I think not. I look at this Chargers team right now, and offensively it goes without saying. As long as Herbert doesn't turn the football over, they just march up and down the field, right? Even that game against Washington where they only got to 20, they had well over 400 yards of offense. Just a couple of times they settled for field goals where you prefer touchdowns, and even their last possession of the game, they finished it on the four-yard line of Washington taking knees. Dallas, they turned it over a little bit too much. But you saw against the Kansas City Chiefs, again, on the road. I know the Chiefs' defense isn't good. But still, at Arrowhead, 30 points, that was impressive. And then you Mm. look at their defense, very, very vulnerable against the run. Antonio Gibson racked up 90 yards. Pollard and Zeke gashed them on the ground. And then Clyde Edwards-Blair, for the first time, it feel like in forever, got right against that football team. So if they're going to be vulnerable against the run, which Vegas isn't even very good at, then what is Derek Carr going to be able to do now that they kind of have to respect both aspects of the football? Vegas is going to move the ball. I've been impressed with Vegas, man. We talk about these 3-0 teams, right? The Broncos playing Bishop Sycamore three times. The Panthers getting to play Davis Mills. You've got Vegas out there, Baltimore. Pittsburgh, who stinks. Sorry, Fasano. I mean, you've got the... Miami Dolphins, again, Jacoby Brissett or not, that was a competitive football game. I've been impressed with Derek Carr. If you needed to do your long shot MVP takes, he's the guy to throw it on right now. Well over 300 yards passing in all of his outings. And I still think that defense is vulnerable here. Yeah, 51 and a half is high. But, Ben, if I tell you both of these teams are at sitting at 28, I don't think you're surprised in the slightest. Not at all, and I think it's an interesting fact about the L.A. Chargers right now that all three of their games have hit to the under so far this year. But think about the game last week in Arrowhead. That was a 30-24 game, and that was a 55-and-a-half, 54-and-a-half closing number on the total. They're still putting up points. They're still putting up offense. I agree with K-Dubs. And like he said, Justin Herbert has thrown the ball so many times so far this season, averaging 42 pass attempts in each of his games so far for the Chargers. So it dictates an over tonight of a 51 and a half total. That's how I would look at it. And that's why I think from a prop perspective, there are so many areas of profitability, whether you want to target Keenan Allen, who Justin Herbert has targeted a bunch, 33 times this year. Speaking of 33 targets through three weeks, that's how many times Darren Waller has been targeted by Derek Carr so far this season. And you could even throw in Mike Williams, who has been targeted 31 times by Justin Herbert. So I think there is tons of area to find some profit from what we expect to be an offensive game tonight between LA and between Las Vegas. So thus, I look to the prop market, K-Dubs, and that's where I think there is some really good value for this evening. You know what I think you can do on tonight? So you should be kind of an old deal with the NBA. Wizards, Pacers, the totals... 287 because apparently they've just never heard of defense, right? The thing is, I'm not even exaggerating the total by that much when those teams would play. And you'd get cracking on the FanDuel Sportsbook, rolling with some same-game parlays over points, over rebounds, over assists. This, to me, is a game where you can get rolling, I think, with one of those same-game parlays there. And the nice thing with FanDuel as well in that same-game parlay tab, that is the alt markets there where I don't mind bringing some guys in at minus prices, right? Whether it be Herbert for 250, Derek Carr for 250 passing. Get Darren Waller in the mix. Get Keenan Allen in the mix, right? Let's get Austin Eckler in there, who's going to have a nice game. And all of a sudden now, too, 
you've got a bunch of squares on this board covered in a same game parlay always being able to register in that plus money and that's what i think you can also really get yourself a nice hit on a game like this because ben if it plays the way we're talking about right and it plays to the over it's going to be the usual suspects i think getting you there darren waller as you mentioned right keenan allen as you mentioned the one guy i'm fascinated in maybe more than any is mike williams though ben I mean, you're yep. talking about this guy at a receiving number the same as Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, for pretty much anybody's money, a top 12 wide receiver in the sport. And now I'm wondering if he's the best wide receiver on his team. The thing about Mike Williams is this guy was a top 10 draft choice, right? Coming out of Clemson. He, this is what he was supposed to be for this team. If the health is legitimately going to be there, then maybe this is who Mike Williams is. And this is the thing about the props market on this guy. I mean, look at these, look at these numbers here, right? The touchdowns are yeah. tremendous, but even the yardage is huge. I mean, 22 catches early into this season. He's having a dominant year. Sometimes, Ben, props just can't catch up quick enough. Lamar Jackson has gone over his passing yards prop in all four games this season. The number just can't kind of get there on a guy now that is throwing for at least 230 a game. Over 300 against Denver, right? Can the props catch up to Mike Williams? That's what I'm starting to wonder about this guy where you just keep riding. And I, and I always say, betting is very difficult. It really, really is. If you've been riding Mike Williams for the first three weeks, hey, close your eyes and bet it for the fourth week. Worst case scenario, you're three and one yep. in the year on good old Mike Williams. He's having himself an awesome, awesome season. And you don't want to be the guy to jump in front of the trend and be like, ha ha, I predicted it. No, if you're three and one and four bets on Mike Williams, good stuff. Because I agree with K-Dubs. His receiving yards prop of 77 and a half is one of my favorites of the night. You could look at his total receptions with plus money to the over of six and a half. Anytime touchdown market on Mike Williams. He has scored four total this year. One in every game at least. That's plus 110. So, K-Dubs, you inspired me when you talked about the SGP option on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And some of my favorites, the over for the game, Derek Carr over Mm. his passing yards prop of 281.5, Mike Williams over receiving yards 77.5, and Mike Williams anytime touchdown scorer like I just mentioned. Put those four together, plus 699 on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now. A small bet, a large payout. Anything is possible with the same game parlay option on FanDuel. Apparently after, are we running it back? We'll find out on the other side of the break here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our third and final hour here on the morning after you're listening on Sirius XM channel 204. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. Monday night football, an AFC West matchup between the Las Vegas Raiders on the road in Los Angeles, taking on the Chargers. That means it's some best bets for Monday night football. That means it's bye, bye, bye. 
Listen, I'm going to be honest. I was always more of a Backstreet Boys guy, but I do love NSYNC nonetheless. So I'm going to keep working on my cadence and get the hand motion and the dance moves down. Regardless, what is most important here is my bye-bye-bye best bet. Again, bye-bye-bye, a play on words, a play on the NSYNC banger of the early 90s. Also, as we say farewell to you, this is what you can buy and believe in tonight for our best bet of the day. My best bet of the day is Mike Williams in his receiving yards prop tonight against the Las Vegas Raiders. Mike Williams has been targeted 31 times by Justin Herbert so far in three games for the Chargers. 22 grabs this year. He is averaging 98.3 receiving yards per game, well over his prop number of 79 and a half. Now, the FanDuel Sportsbook is a very sharp book. The edges that you have become smaller and smaller by the day. In fact, by the hour, because last night when I looked at this prop, Mike Williams receiving yards prop was 75 and a half. As we were just discussing it moments ago with our good friend here on the early after, Kevin Walsh, it was 77 and a half. Now, 79 and a half. FanDuel is always listening. They are always watching and they are always making their lines sharper. I do not care. We are still going over. Mike Williams, 79 and a half receiving yards tonight on Monday Night Football against the Las Vegas Raiders. You could also sprinkle to the over of his total receptions prop, six and a half, the over plus 120, or his anytime touchdown prop plus 110. He has scored four touchdowns in three games this year, a touchdown in every game. What I'm saying, I'm a huge fan of Mike Williams. Well, we will recap Monday Night Football on tomorrow's show, right back here on the morning after 9 a.m. Eastern. Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Are you one of us? We've just got one question. Do you like games? We do.